think I like to always start with by saying um, I come from the Middle East, so it's a little more challenging to have meetings like I share, go door to door, do evangelism, um, and uh, we're definitely privileged to have that opportunity here in the United States. So I pray that we all make use of that opportunity, and uh, it's something exciting. One day soon, we won't have that opportunity, and I pray that we may uh, make use of it. So um, this afternoon, I'm going to be um, sharing some uh, of our experiences on um, the university that I attended for my undergrad, and then um, uh, Melissa is going to be following up with her experience also and how the Lord has been using her um, right now on that, on that same campus. So if you don't mind, if you can bow your heads with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for this time. And we just pray for your presence, Lord, in the midst. Lord, may your angels be present here and may your Holy Spirit be present in our hearts to convict us, to lead us, Lord. And the words that we speak today may be uplifting Jesus and him alone so that we may be drawn to him and he may be coming soon. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So... An important question I think we always have to ask ourselves is what is the purpose of my life especially as a Christian and I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you today and you know of course this question is sometimes yeah, sort of redundant but I think it's very important because it's gonna determine every decision we make in our lives so what do you think? What is our purpose? What is our purpose in this life? Yes. All right, spread God's words, yeah, because we want Him to come soon. Amen. Anything else? Fulfill His will in our lives. Fulfill His will in our lives. Now, what is that will? That's that's the question, right? What is God's will in my life, really? I mean, we we do want to fulfill God's will. We there has to be a purpose in our lives, but really, what is that purpose? Of course, spreading God's word and getting to know Him personally. Getting to know Him personally. Okay, okay. So um, yes, thank you. In, if you can go with me to Isaiah, if you have your Bibles, Isaiah 43, verse 7. Isaiah 43 and verse 7. Okay, Isaiah 43, 7. The Bible says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. So, so do, do you notice that God's saying we were created for a purpose? What, what's that purpose? His glory. Now, what does it mean, God's glory? In the Bible, of course, we're not going to go through that study, but God's glory means his character, right? It means his character. Now, if, if, if that's our purpose, is to glorify God, that's why he created us, 
and and to basically reflect his glory, reflect his character. How can we do that? How can I reflect somebody's character? I have to know him, right? As our sister, as our sister uh, mentioned earlier, we have to know him because that's what God wants. If I don't know who the person I'm worshiping, if I don't know who this person that I want to reflect who he is, then how can I, how can I reflect? How can I show people who this person is? Unless I have that relationship, unless I know this person. And this is what God wants us to know. To know Him, that's our purpose. Now, we know that Jesus said, for this is eternal life. In John chapter 17, verse 3 says, this is eternal life that they might know you, God, and thou only Son, Jesus, whom thou hast sent. So, if God's purpose for us is to reflect His character, and we can do that only by knowing Him. And knowing Him essentially means having eternal life with Him. Then it will change our perspective, right? About what we do every day. Our decisions that we make, as I mentioned. Right? There is a purpose that, okay, I'm in this, I'm in this place. And there are people that need to know who I'm worshiping. They need to know who this person that I have a relationship with, that they need to see him in me. Um, that determined purpose is what we have and we need to have. And I think that will kind of drive us to do God's will. Now, I want to uh, read to you a quotation from the Desire of Ages, page 672. And this is what it says. We cannot use the Holy Spirit the Spirit is to use us. Through the Spirit, God works in His people to will and to do His good pleasure. That's in Philippians 2.13. But many will not submit to this. They want to manage themselves. This is why they do not receive the heavenly gift. Only to those who wait humbly upon God, who watch for His guidance and grace, is the Spirit given. Amen? We cannot use the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we think, well, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And thinking that, it, you know, we can kind of use the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can't be used. We have to allow ourselves to be used by that Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit comes from God. Now, in that process of knowing God's purpose... In that process of being used by the Holy Spirit, there's something I think more important that God wants us more than even using us. Because as, as it was mentioned today in the sermon, that God, of course, it's in, in God's word, God can use even the rocks to speak to him. And in fact, God sometimes uses people and situations that were initiated by Satan and turns them around to bring something good. I don't know if you caught that. But God can use anything. So it's not a matter of as much using, but there is something more important than using. And that is 
God is trying to save us in the process of using us. And I and and unless we understand that our perspective of God would be probably a little different. Oh yeah, God can, can use me. Oh yes, for his purpose and then what? You know? But God that we serve is not only wanting to use us for his purpose, but really his purpose is to use us and essentially save us in that process. So let's keep that in mind as we go on. In the same chapter that we read earlier, Isaiah 43, I'll read verses 10 through 12. It says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord, I am God. So our God is a God that wants to save. And if we understand that kind of God that we worship, is we know He's a selfless God. And that's why we want to worship Him. We want to witness for Him. We want to fulfill His purpose. Because He wants to, at the end, save us in that process. And, and there are many examples in the Bible, and um, we don't have time to share them, but all of God's servants, God sends them, but the main thing He wants to show them first is that who He is, how He feels about His people. I mean, for example, you have Jonah. Jonah goes, God tells him, go to the Ninevites and, and, and talk to them, and, and they're going to, they need, they need the message. Those people need the message. They need to repent. And of course, he, he runs away. But praise God that God doesn't give up on us. Amen? Amen. And God continued to work on him. And we see that God working through him when he was on the ship. And he was willing to throw himself. And he acknowledged that he, who the, who the God who worshipped. But in the process, we see that God was working on him. Because even when he preached and they repented and they struggled and said, Well, you know, I know that you're a merciful God and kind and, and long-suffering and you were going to forgive them. But in that process, God was telling him, and he, he brings this tree, and then it dies, and then now he's sad. And God tells him, what does God tell him? Well, you're sad for this tree, but I had 120,000 people that did not know me. Mm. See, in that process, God it was showing Jonah his love. And his desire to save his people. And that's what God teaching us um, today. How much do we love each other? How much do we care to show who God is to the people around us? So, I'm going to share with you a few things, a few of our, my experiences at the university um, that I attended a few years ago for undergrad. Um, in 2008, I had an experience with the Lord. Of course, I grew up in the church. I grew up as Adventist. In fact, I was fourth generation Seventh-day Adventist. But um, 
I was, I would say I was, I was a good kid. Didn't do a lot of bad things, whatever those bad things are. But um, that's the dangerous part. Is that when we think we're all fine and we do all that good and we go to church and we don't do a lot of bad things, but that's very dangerous. And the devil takes advantage of that. But praise the Lord, I had an opportunity to uh, be challenged and I gave my life to the Lord. And um, if you ask me, it, my life has never been the same since then. Uh, my purpose was clear. And, um, and of course, the Lord works on me till even now. And, um, and it's only by God's mercy. But uh, since then, I had a desire to do something for God. And I wasn't the kind of guy that, you know, kind of go-getter and, oh, I'm going to go and do this and do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, you could say kind of more laid back and uh, uh, sort of shy, I guess. And, uh, and, and by sharing this experience, I'm going to tell you what I've learned and maybe it would be something uh, valuable um, to all of us here. Um, I was given opportunities, it started that I was given an opportunity to give a Bible study um, at a ministry on another campus. And I don't know how I can just say that it was God opening the door because I don't go and usually I'm not outspoken and talk and all these things in, in, in these meetings. I've never given a Bible study before, so it was the first time I gave a Bible study. So um, the person in charge said, well, I'm going to, do you mind giving a Bible study? Of course, uh, giving a Bible study is not always the easiest thing to do, especially if you've never done it before, you know. Um, things changed over the years, and that's what I love to do now. That's basically the most thing that I enjoy doing. But um, I said yes. And it was, it was um, when I had given my life to God, I just made it my purpose and made it my goal is that I can't say no, Lord, whenever you open the door. I don't, I don't care if I'm going to feel uncomfortable, whatever it may be, I just can't say no. And so it started then, and then uh, on campus we had... Um, we had an opportunity to go on a mission trip, and I went on a mission trip, and, and I was um, I was blessed. Um, but there were certain things that um, weren't as positive as I would like them to be. And this is something for us, I think, for me that I learned is that you know you go do God's work, but it's not always all you know always nice, and everything goes nice. Of course, God works things out for His glory, and we see God's blessings at the end. But it's not always, you know, a positive as we think. So anyway, later on, I had um, I had met a friend, and then he mentioned that he was interested in starting a club on campus that um, basically emphasizes the principles of um, the biblical principles of creation versus evolution. And uh, he said, "If you want to be, if you want to join me to start that club, of course, all these things are happening around the same time." And uh, well, I can't say no, so I said yes. Um, I was supposed to be a treasurer, and then I ended up 
leading, um, you know, being the president. But I'll tell you something that there were definitely challenges by starting a club like that, especially that the you know the university was um, kind of these these creation principles were very undermined um, at that time, and you don't hear much about it. So we did face a lot of challenges when when I when I started. Uh, when, well, I the fact of the matter is I didn't really start anything. I'll tell you. I'll just be honest with you. All these things that I was able to do, it was other people thinking about it, and that tells you I'm not that probably creative when it comes to these things. But they were thinking about. They tell me, and I and I just go, and I think it's it's only by God's grace that. I was able to say yes to these things. Now, maybe, well, we had uh, we had opportunities, and through that club, we want what we wanted to do is to have a forum, basically invite a speaker that will come and present on a topic, and then we have question and answer. Because see, a lot of us students go to universities and sometimes we hear one side of the story. And it's a good opportunity to ask questions, see the other side, and maybe have other people that were more expert on these things that know more, they've studied more, and they can answer the questions. So that was the purpose of the club. And we had few speakers that did that. And, uh, it, and it, was, it was a blessing. A lot of people enjoyed it. And, uh, of course, there was a little bit of opposition in the beginning as, okay, what is this club all about? You know, it's all, what are you trying to do? A controversy now create because we, we you know, all, this, all these things. But um, we kept going. And um, by the grace of God, we were able to... Um, bring one of the speakers that we actually had it on our hearts. And I say we because my brothers helped me and also Weston was involved at some point. So um, we were blessed uh, by, um, I'm not sure if you know Walter Weith, but we were blessed by his ministry, by his sermons. And um, a, year, a year before that, we were sitting and watching and we were contemplating what if we can bring this guy to campus? I mean, he's, you know, he's had some, he's a professor and he's, um, if you don't know him, he has, he has lectures on evolution and, and, and creation and all that stuff. And he has some supernatural experiences. So we had it on our hearts. And um, one day, one of our leaders um, in another ministry mentioned that he wants to come and speak on campus. Oh, we were we were definitely shocked, but it happened, and he got two days. Now, if you don't know Walter Weith, um, in a lot of places he's not very welcome, and uh, in Europe, like Germany and Netherlands and things like, he's actually not allowed to go to the country and speak. Um, but of course, he uplifts the Bible and the spirit of prophecy as um, God's truth. And, uh, and that's why um, sometimes the devil does, well, actually the devil hates us when we follow God and do his purpose. So um, he was able to come. And 
I tell you, it was God by God. It was a miracle from God because we uh, did not even expect it. We weren't even thinking about it. And when we gave his name to submit to the student association, it was very easy. Now, it, if had had it been. Well, if the administration had known about it, the people that know probably wouldn't have gone through. But somehow God worked it out where he was able to come. And I tell you, the rooms were, were almost, you know, they were filled and praise the Lord. And he had two days and he was able to speak and there was um, a good turnout. So um, that's one thing. The other thing I wanted to mention is... Um, Around that time, there were uh, two girls that were students, and they came to me, and actually it was my brother also, and they said, uh, why don't we start a Sabbath school ministry on this campus? A Sabbath school ministry that's maybe a little different than other ministries. It's more focused on God's Word, uphold God's Word, and the spirit of prophecy. And maybe it will be a little light on this campus. Now, God has people everywhere, and God is working on every one of us. There is no one better than the other. But God has people, and I think our desire was, you know, of course, our desire was at the time that maybe people can be exposed to God's truth, and maybe they can know more about God, and maybe that's the only opportunity we can have. So we said yes, and we were able to start this group. And uh, when we met, of course, we weren't officially in the beginning, um, officially with the church where we approached the pastors and all that. It was just the professor that sponsored the group. We were able to meet in a room. And um, really nobody knew about it except us that were meeting there. There were few of us. I think it was the second month uh, of us starting the group that, and once again, it was early. Nobody knew about it. Not even the pastors of the church. Uh, no one knew about this ministry. And uh, we, got a, we got a visitor. We got a visitor one Sabbath. And so we, we met her. She, she was attending the university. We met her and we were like, hi, how are you? You know, we, we talked. And then she, how did you, we asked her, how did you come to this Sabbath school? How did you hear about it? And so she said, I went through, uh, I was going to church. And there was a lady standing there, the greeter. She told me that there is a youth uh, Sabbath school group meeting in such and such a place right now. Go. You can go. Now, she described to her exactly where we were meeting. Nobody knew about us, once again. People didn't know about this group that was meeting. Now, it wasn't a secretive group, but we just it was just a small group. It was in the beginning kind of developing. And um, so, so that's how she came, and that's how she heard about it. Now, after the Sabbath school, she went to church, and that same lady sat by her. The interesting part about this is that we never knew who that lady was. We kept asking, and you know, of course, sometimes curiosity, okay, who's this, who's this, who told you about this, who, no one knows about this. And, um, 
And of course, one of one of our leaders, she grew up in the church, so she knows who the who it is. And they were looking on the list, and there's no such person, a you know, tall, dark-skinned lady. There's no such. And um, of course, we thought that it was an angel. Amen. And um, that definitely, definitely, I can speak of myself that uh, gave me a lot, gave me a lot of courage. And it was a lot of encouragement that God is pleased by what we're doing on this campus. And of course, I yelled every time I used to, I used to get emotional about it because I think when God approves of what we do, I think it's it's something extra special, you know. And when He shows it through through you know supernatural means like an angel or something like that, it's something very exciting. So always always get this, you know. And I think there was a purpose behind it, not only for us, but I think for the for the girl also. I'm not going to go too much into her life and everything and, and all that, but that, that's how God works. He's not trying to kind of just do it one part and leave the other. No, He's working in that individual's life, yet at the same time, He's encouraging, He was encouraging us. And so, praise the Lord that, that that's the God that we worship. Amen. Another experience we had through the Sabbath school. Now, our Sabbath school group wasn't big. And uh, we had, uh, and I'm mentioning this because it's been a blessing in my life and my experience through that ministry. We had an individual who, I'm um, not sure what his condition was, but he wasn't able to read. Um, he wasn't able to speak. You know, he always mumbled, kind of when he talked. So, and he was the brother of uh, one of our friends. She was a leader. This guy was excited to come to the Sabbath school. And his sister used to mention that he, he's afraid of stairs. But when he comes to the Sabbath school, he always walks up the stairs and like no other. And... Um, I'll tell you something that it was sometimes suggested that, okay, maybe, and, and he used to comment, right? He wants to comment. He's excited. Of course, we don't know really what he's talking about. Oh, he says, you know, that's all, all we can hear from him. But he's always excited. You see him excited when we talk about God. And he has his Bible. And it, it had happened on multiple occasions where we're actually having a discussion Mind you, like I mentioned, this guy can't read. He opens his Bible and he points to it. He's pointing to it. And we're talking about that same subject that he's pointing He's pointing to. And, and it's happened, like I mentioned, on multiple occasions. We're talking about something that, and he's pointing. And that verse was relevant, exactly relevant to what we're talking about. So... Um, God can use anybody, and and when God uses these people, um, it's always for God's honor and glory. And there is much to learn. That sometimes, of course, of course, it was suggested earlier by some that okay, well, he's talking all that, and some people come to the Sabbath school and they kind of get annoyed because he's talking and 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 all that. And, um, 
But I tell you, it was a blessing. Amen. Because if, if we don't love people like that, really our whole mission of bringing people to the Sabbath school is really meaningless. In fact, we would be pursuing the wrong purpose that God doesn't want us to pursue. So, mentioning these experiences to say one thing that as a testimony for myself, I think God um, was working on me. Because uh, one of the things that I was wanting to do earlier is that, okay, let's make the Sabbath school grow. Let's make the Sabbath school big. Let's make this ministry and that ministry big. And it never really got big. And the most that we've gotten is 25 people. And I think it was good for a small group. But what God was, I think, telling me is that do what I tell you to do. Live how I want you to live. And don't worry about the outcome. The outcome God is in charge of. I'm not in charge of. The only thing I'm in charge of is to choose God's way and to fulfill His purpose in my life. The outcome is God. And sometimes we focus on the outcome and we think that that's success is measured by all these other things that we think they're right to do. But God is working on us in that process. Now, there are other things that I can probably mention as we did through this ministry's um, outreach and that's how I was able to meet this individual um, that we became very good friends. He was Catholic and and uh, anyway, to make the long story short, basically he um, I had well, I, kind of Bible studies as we think Bible studies are, but the reality is I used to go to his home and he likes to talk. He's a truck driver. He likes to talk all the time. So most of the time he's talking. But he, he developed, we developed such a trust and such a relationship where he had later his he called me and told me his nephew is a communist coming from China and he wanted me to go talk to him. Now the individual is Catholic and I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. He's calling me, Seventh-day Adventist, to talk to his friend about God. And he said, bring a book with you. The first thing that I thought about is a great controversy. I brought it with me that day. We talked. Uh, his nephew gave his life to God after our meeting. And, um, of course, it's difficult to go back and, in a communist country and, and um, there's many, many other consequences of making a decision for God. Um, but at the end of our conversation, I brought the book. I laid it by my, my, by the side. I never mentioned anything about the book. Then, um, then this individual mentioned that, okay, well, what is this book? Give it to me. Give it to me, I'll read it, and I'll give it back to you. And um, one thing, one thing I don't know if, if he read it, he's, interesting in, in, he's interested in prophecy and history and all that. And, uh, but, but one thing I wanted to mention is that there is trust that we can, we can develop with people. We don't have to go and say, okay, I'm giving a Bible study, so all I'm going to do is to give this Bible study. There are times that's, that we just let the other person maybe talk 
and that's going to make them more comfortable to be open and develop that trust. If we're not open to God, really He can't use us. We can't really fulfill His purpose. And that's, that's what God wants to do. He wants us to be always open to Him. Now, we also had prayer meetings, but I guess I'm going to let Melissa, because she, she, um, um, she has her testimonies about prayer meetings. But prayer meetings, we met people that used to come to the prayer meeting and they used to give their testimonies. And at the end, I was blessed. Through witnessing to God, there's something I can assure you is that you will be blessed. That's what God wants from us, and that's 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 really His blessing us through that. And I want to I want to close with uh, with a um, quotation from Christian Service, page two forty two, says the motive that prompts us to work for the Lord should have in it nothing akin to self serving. Unselfish devotion and a spirit of sacrifice have always been and always will be the first requisite of acceptable service. Our Lord and Master designs that not one thread of selfishness shall be woven into His work. Into our efforts, we are to bring the tact, skill, the exactitude and wisdom that the God of perfection requires of the builders of earthly tabernacle. Yet in all our labors, we are to remember that the greatest talents or the most splendid services are acceptable only when self is laid upon the altar. A living, consuming sacrifice. First John 3.18 says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. My name is Melissa, and you're going to get the quick version of my testimony to kind of lead up to how God brought me to campus ministry. But again, let's just have a short word of prayer because you can't pray too much. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are the almighty one. And because of that, I claim the promise, put your words in my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Melissa again. And it seems like, Brother Bashar, thank you for your message. And it seems like the ongoing theme these days here is God's will for our life, right? And I believe this theme is called God's will or God's leading in our lives. And I think I was supposed to say something from audio. Melissa Miranda, I share 2.30 p.m. God's leading. Sorry. All right. Um, Let's see, 22nd, 32nd testimony. Well, was born fourth generation Adventist, SDA, not that that means anything, and went to a lot of years, quite a few years in the Adventist church, but uh, my parents went away from God, came back, to, uh, didn't really come back to God, and so as children, we strayed from God, and I strayed from God, went into the world, went so far, as becoming an atheist, believe it or not. And for the friends who know me know, they're like, what, you were an atheist? Yes, I was an atheist and I was an arrogant atheist. But praise God, uh, he brought me back through depression. He allowed depression to come into my life. And for young people, we were they were talking about relationships and it was because of relationship that brought me into depression. When God is not your God, 
a man becomes your god. Drugs can be a, become your god. A woman, a young woman, can be your god. And so that's what happened to me. And because that that man was an atheist, I became an atheist. You know how it is, women. It's like your guy likes basketball. All of a sudden, you like basketball. And so that's what happened to me. But I praise God that when it ended, I spiraled into a depression. I called out to God and I said, "God, please help me." He brought me back to Him, and for the last very many years, <laughs> I have been a missionary. Let me back up. When I was in Andrews University, I was supposed to go to Loma Linda Dental School. That didn't happen. Like I said, became an atheist, came back to God. I've been a missionary mostly in Asia,、uh, mostly Southeast Asia. And then the latter part of my missionary work has been prayer ministry work, as our brother Bashar was talking about. And last year, as I was, you know, I just want to say something.、Uh, something just came to my mind. My spiritual father said, "A calling, a, a career, is something that you get paid for, but a calling is something you get." You, You are made for, and so when I was growing up, my parents would always say dentistry, dentistry, dentistry. But then when I went far from God, I was like, "Huh, that's my parents' path. Let me go on my own path." And I became a financial advisor. Became very, did very well. Let's just put it that way. Did very well. Traveled the world, but there was still an emptiness. Now, when I came back to God, I started to pray, "What is God's path for my life?" And that's when He showed me missionary work through a missionary girl woman talking about stories of guns being pointed to her head, and I'm like, "That's what I want." But I wanted to see God's hand powerfully in my life, and I wish I had time to share with you miracles upon miracles. God bringing me to India and back with just twenty-five cents in my pocket and the clothes on my back to so many miracles, but we're going to have to save that for another time. The miracle I want to share with you is campus ministry. So last year, as I finished my work in San Francisco missionary work, I started to pray, God, what is your next mission field? I started to pray, and the Lord did it in such a Different way than he's done before to lead me. I had a simple dream. I went up to a young Korean man and I said, "You went to Loma Linda Dental School. What's it like?" And I woke up, and this just happened last September, and was like, "Oh no, no! Are you kidding me? That's crazy! No, I'm too old to go back to school. No, whoa, wait, what?" And I just prayed and I said, "But Lord, I'm willing to be made willing." And I said, "But you need to confirm through your word, Amen, for God's word. God speaks to us, Amen." He says in Psalms 32, "I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye." That is a promise, and the Lord guided me. And so, ah,、uh, for three hours, the first promise He showed me is, "With God, all things are possible." The next thing is, "There anything too hard for God?" Then He brought me to verses about obeying His voice and what happens when you don't obey God's voice. And then he brought me to a spirit of prophecy quote, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says, "Do not excuse yourself from doing the God doing the duty that God has called you to do. Instead, humble yourself and ask God to give you the wisdom and the strength to do it." I was like, "Whoa!" And the last and one more thing he sent me was story of Moses. He's like, "I'm slow in speech." I was like, "Lord." I don't even. I can't even remember why I put my cell phone down ten seconds. My ten seconds ago, my mind is so slow. How am I going to do biology again? But the Lord answered to Moses and said, "What did He say? Who hath made your mouth? I will teach you what to say." 
But the, and the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, Melissa, who hath created the mouth? I will teach you what to do in the mouth. And so I found out that I have to do my prerequisites again. Again, that's biology, chemistry, organic chemistry. And if you're in sciences, again, I'm sure all of you would say, no, not again. And I, and I pray and the Lord showed me where to go. And he showed me to go to La Sierra. How did he show me? People were telling me about it. And I was like, Lord, I need your word to confirm. I'm reading through the Bible, Psalm, uh, Matthew 5, and it says that Jesus went up to the mountain. He opened his mouth and taught the disciples. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Melissa, I will send you to the mountain and I will teach you there. Look up what La Sierra means. And I went up, looked up La Sierra, it means mountain. And I kept asking God over and over again that week. And he kept bringing me to that verse. I said, okay. A week and a half after that dream, the Lord had me be accepted at La Sierra. That was last year. Then a few months later in January, I went but before I went before I actually started school and to tie in prayer the most important thing about ministry especially prayer ministry is that you need to pray about it you need to ask God God what is your will what do you want so I went around went around and I prayer walked that place if you will and I kept praying I prayed over the buildings I prayed over the professors I saw their names I was praying I was by myself didn't know anybody and I said God if you want me to do something here whether it's one-on-one -on -one or a group ministry then so be it but I just prayed for the campus first prayed for ministry when I got onto the campus God led me to the spiritual life department and praise God he opened the door for United Prayer Picnic. That is at noontime, right in front of the cafeteria, and we would, you know, we had advertisements and we would tell people, we'd bring people, and a lot of my friends were really good recruiters, and we would pray, we would pray during that hour. They would bring their lunch, we would pray, even professors would come. One professor would come over and over again, and it was so powerful. The other thing I want to add, uh, mention to you is when you're on campus, one-on-one, -on -one, God can bring you to so many people to pray with. Pray with your, I pray with my professors. You can pray with your professors, with students. You know that there are so many hurting students on campus. Ask God to open your eyes. And I would ask God, give me divine appointments. And he would lead me to students who would all of a sudden, within moments of just talking a little about about God would start crying and sharing their innermost feelings their innermost problems in their lives and you and they would say God brought me to you and praise God right we need to pray about ministry pray about divine appointments those one-on-one -on -one that you can do right there on your campus and that what's that's what the Lord did the other thing God did was Remember, this just happened this year. A lot of things have happened this year. We started um, prayer. We were calling it 40 Days of Prayer. But what we were doing is in one of the chapels, we would go from Monday to Thursday at 7 p.m. for 40 days. And the Lord blessed. That first night, we had 17 people. Sometimes we only had three people. But praise God, where two or three are gathered. Amen. And it was a blessing. And it was a way for students, including myself, to stop. And don't feel guilty to stop your studying 
and to pray. And when you start praying, you come to know. The thing is about praying together, and, and I have to mention this, Sister White talks about that not only is private prayer important, but corporate prayer is very important and just as important. And when we come to pray together, and we may be strangers that come in, but by the end of the hour, we love one another, and we've come to know each other. And that's how I've come to know my friends. And talking about my friends, I'd like them to come up from La Sierra. You know who we are. Please come up here. I want to quickly, quickly, because we don't have much time, um, want them to share. But the other ministry that God had brought is, uh, we, there's no name, Friday night. Uh, I have an apartment. And let me tell you about how God when God tells you to go, you go, no matter what the circumstances are. I don't have money. I'm a missionary. I used to make a stipend, but the latter part of my missionary work, I live by faith. I don't make money. I don't make commissions, nothing. But I have a father that's very rich. Amen. Every month, my rent is paid for by somebody, sometimes different people. My, uh, I have a ministry car. Someone is renting a car for me right now. God has opened. When it's dedicated to God's work, when it's His will, it's His bill. Amen? Money is never an issue with God when it is His will. And even my tuition fee is paid for. From month to month, I don't know where, but I know whom I believe who said, My God shall supply all your need. So on Friday evenings, people have been coming to my home, God's home, and we would do vegan, vegan cooking because I heard if there's food, students come. And so I didn't realize it ended up being like a, it was a health ministry because some of my friends here would come and they would learn how to cook vegan cooking because a lot of them, I won't mention who, are not vegetarian. So they got to learn vegan cooking. Then we started adding natural remedy nuggets. And then we would have a devotion and then we would do united prayer. And it was so powerful. We would have anywhere from 10 to 14 people in my small two-bedroom apartment. But the Lord has blessed. And I just want to, before, I'm going to just end by testimonies quickly. But I just wanted to let you know, you, through Christ, it is all possible. With man, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So bring it to God. Whether you are in school or whether you're in your workplace, God, how? One-on-one. -on -one. Prayer. I tell you, prayer is powerful and it opens the doors to people's hearts. Stranger, you may not know in the next cubicle, you'll end up getting a Bible study. And talking about Bible studies, because of this ministry, four Bible studies a week that I was doing. So on top of school, I was, I was doing anywhere from 20 to 25 hours of ministry by the grace of God. Amen? You know, once a missionary, always a missionary. You can't turn it off. You don't go, now I'm a student. Now I'm an employee. No, we are all missionaries. No trip ever made anybody a missionary. Just because you're here, you're a missionary. You don't have to go to Africa to be a missionary. Amen? So I'm going to quickly go through my friends. Um, this is my dear friend, Charlene. Charlene's a great recruiter. Have one on your team. She would recruit people. But Charlene, how has this impacted your prayer life? This has been amazing. Um, since I came to La Sierra and was involved in the prayer ministry and um, with Bible study, I've experienced a lot of personal healing in my life um, through prayer and through actually reading God's Word for the 
first time actually for much of the New Testament, and so it's been really a blessing in my life. And Charlene as well, she came the same time I did. She's also has started um, small Bible groups, amen? amen? And she was the one who really got me motivated to do the four or five nights and, and you know, and, and it's not my ministry. First of all, it's God's ministry. And the other thing is get others involved because my friends here may have first started as attending, but they end up leading as well. Amen. Thank you, Charlene. Well, Dina, there are, I don't know how, there's a high percentage of non-Adventists on La Sierra campus, right, Bashar? Praise the Lord. And while Dina, I'm actually, because I'm an international student, I'm from Canada, most of my friends are from different countries. And while Dina is from Angola, and she's actually Catholic, and I've started doing Bible studies with her as well. Um, well, Dina, tell us, how has this impacted your personal life? It helped me to grow my uh, spiritual life. And I realized how much I didn't know about God. I just knew that people used to tell me, a lot and I really didn't realize or stop to study the Bible and really learn and this experience actually has been amazing and I now is that process still but I'm glad that I'm still learning about it. Amen. Yeah. Please pray for Waldina. I love her so much. She'll be going away for a little bit but by God's grace she'll come back to us. Amen. We're going to find an Adventist church for her in Angola. <laughs> this is my friend Rayanna. She is from Jamaica. Uh, Oh, man. God is so good. God's done amazing things with Rayanna. And Rayanna, quickly share what the Lord has. Amazing, amazing things. Okay. Um, first of all, um, I got to grow up in the Adventist church, but I wasn't convicted about one, if it was the right church and if there was a God. So I fell back a bit, and I was actually looking for different churches to go to because I didn't feel like it was... There was nothing in the Adventist church for me. But thank God he sent Melissa to La Sierra because it was through a friend that met Melissa at the dinner and the prayer thing that she kept holds on, on Friday nights. And I actually didn't want to go but being a college student, you know, free food. So I went. <laughs> Amen. And it was through that prayer and through that prayerful life that she introduced to us. I actually grew, I grew spiritually and I actually see myself growing. I'm not where I'm supposed to be actually right now. Please, um, God, God will work through me. God has worked through me and he's continuing to work through me. And I pray for his grace and his, I continue to pray for the faith of Jesus because yeah, that's all that we Amen. need in this life. Amen. Um, on Sabbaths, my car is a ministry car. I'm praying for a ministry van. Please pray for me because I really want to bring as many people on Sabbath to straight messages. And Rihanna didn't even share the half of it. God has done a work in her. She wants to get rebaptized. Amen. And there's many things that she wants. She, she called me the other day and she says, Melissa, I'm convicted that Jesus is coming soon. I need to put away sin and I need to get ready. Amen. This is my friend, Benna. She's from America. And tell me, how has this affected your prayer life? Okay, yeah. So, um, firstly, I just want to say, um, I want to say my freshman year at La Sierra, I didn't really combine my spiritual life and my school life. Um, when it was time to be close to God was when I was at home because my family is very spiritual. And when I went to school, it was just about studying and friends and social life. And I didn't really make time 
for spirituality or anything to do with God. So it wasn't until Melissa came around and um, she came in contact with my other friends and um, they started up Bible studies at her house Friday nights. And then finally they were like, hey, Benna, you know, there's seven, uh, seven o'clock prayers we're going to be doing. And initially I was just like, oh boy, okay, I'm going to be going at seven o'clock once in a while, you know. So the first couple of times I went four days or so. And then one day I was like, you know, I'm really tired after work. I'm just going to go straight home. But I was like, wow, I really don't want to miss it. Like, this is surprising because I thought I was forcing myself. But that day I was really like, man, I'm going to feel so empty not having anything to do, knowing all my friends are praying, getting closer to God, and there's a void. So for me, that's what began to shape my desire. Mm -hmm. While I can't say I'm where I want to be, it definitely made me more aware and uncomfortable, which is good to be uncomfortable if you're not yeah. spiritually sound, right? Yeah. So I was like, wow, I really need to get myself in order. And that was the start Amen. of that. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. And lastly, this is my friend Jessica. She's from Indonesia. And how's this, how has this changed your life? Um, first of all, I'm going to um, tell you guys that um, I've been raised in a half Adventist family because my mom is an Adventist, um, but my dad is, non, uh, is a non-Christian. So um, my whole life, I've been going to church every Sabbath, but you know, that's just it. I don't um, participate uh, more than just going to, uh, just going to church um, on a Sabbath day. So um, when I got here, I met Melissa in January because um, she was also a new student. I was a new student in January. We met in an international student's orientation. We sat in the same table and we began to tell stories, you know, and from here, from here, and I began going to her prayer ministries every um, Friday night, Sabbath um, evening. So how it sh kind of shaped my faith and spiritual life, what I liked most about it was, you know how if you have a problem and you tell people, please pray for me, um, I'm having this problem, and you tell them, but then uh, that person is just going to say, okay, I'll pray for you, and that's it. We don't actually know whether that person is actually praying for you or not. You don't actually witness the prayer. But through this prayer ministry, um, we're able to share with each other. We pray for each other. We witness the prayer. We pray, and we hear the prayer. So I think that's, um, for me, that's the most powerful mm -hmm. um, thing. Amen. Thank you so much. I just want to close with a promise from um, Spirit of Prophecy, and then we'll go to the next person. Amen, right? Praise the Lord. God is so good. He leads us and He guides us. It says here in Christ Object Lessons 146, we need to have far less confidence in what man can do and far more confidence in what God can do for every believing soul. He longs to have you reach after him by faith. He longs to have you expect great things from him. He longs to give you understanding in temporal as well as in spiritual manners. He can sharpen the intellect. He can give tact and skill. Put your talents into the work. Ask God for wisdom and it will be given to you. I'm not any... I'm not special. Everyone here is special. 
Everyone here is the apple of God's eye. He will give you the power, the strength, and wisdom. But all we have to do is step forward in faith. Move forward in faith. Not what you see. Not what it looks like. Look at him who can do all things through Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this message. You are awesome. Thank you for leading us and guiding uh, my brother Bashar and myself to be able to have a privilege to share with others on campus ministry. Be with my fr- our friends here. Please lead them and guide them wherever they are. Please give them the strength and the power and the courage to vindicate your character and speak about you. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.